Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Joining us right now, though, from the NFL Network is Tom Pelissero. Tom, how are you this afternoon, man? Long time no talk. No kidding, man. We, uh, we have football. Six months of everything else, and uh, we finally have football. It feels good, doesn't it? I said on Sunday, I was I was watching the games. I had just had an omelet and a waffle fret, hot, fresh out of the iron. I had a beautiful fall breeze blowing through my window. My Bears had just gotten a win, and the NFL Red Zone had tight, tight one-score games on rotation for a good 20 minutes. And I said, I don't need, this doesn't feel like 2020. I'm skeptical if any of this is real or if I'm still in a dream, Tom Pelissero. Now, there's some of that, too, that, you know, I think at home, because I've watched several games now at home and I've been to a game in person. At home, as long as you don't look at the empty seats, it, it feels real. It you does. Know, NFL Films did a phenomenal job of uh, culling that four years of, of tape from every building, so you get those kind of bursts of crowd noise. I think the one thing that people may not know is that's not in the stadium. That's not what is being played inside the building. Oh, really? on the broadcast and being controlled. So in the stadium, they just play this. They, they say it's a 70-decibel murmur is how they refer to it. It's basically just this, like, this pre-recorded loop of just a static, you know, like being in a major league baseball game when there's no action, and so you just kind of have this this low hum. But you know, I, up in the press box, it's it's almost dead silent. I mean, you can hear. I was at the Vikings Packers game, and you could hear Aaron Rodgers every call he was making at the line of scrimmage. You could hear the wow. sidelines reacting to a call, kind of like you're you know you're almost at a a high school game. I mean, it is. <laughs> It is eerie at times, you know, especially when, you know, if there's an injury and then they turn off the murmur and then it is absolutely silent uh, inside the stadium. You know, probably the best part about that for me on Sunday, uh, you know, hate losing, not being able to go into locker rooms, interview people on the field because none of that is allowed. Reporters aren't uh, allowed in either of those places. Uh, but leaving the stadium, having no traffic and being back on my couch by 345 that's watching nice. other games, I was like, that. that's not – you know, uh, again, I, I don't like losing the other stuff, but this 
I'm already in sweatpants less than an hour after the game ended. That's not all bad. You know, Tom, I don't need to tell you this. You, you live in Minnesota. In my, in my short time living there so far, one, the one complaint that I've had, and I complained many a times when I was on the air, though, is is people don't know how to drive, at least not in the Twin Cities metropolitan area. And while I was still working and everybody was quarantined, my my commute from my apartment to work went from, like, 16 minutes down to 7 or 8 minutes. And I, I, I said a number of times, like, the circumstances are unfortunate, but I could kind of get used to not dealing with all the bad drivers that are usually out there on the streets. I, I don't find the driving here to be that much worse than, than other places. I mean, there's definitely places I've been to where it's, it's a heck of a lot worse. But you're right. I mean, even at – I've left it in my house at 9 a.m. There, there's no traffic. You know, it's just – there's so many things about the world at large that are just unusual, just the, the – the routine with which we just, you know, put on masks. And, you know, I talked about with Kirk Cousins about that recently, and I know he, you know, made a comment that I think a lot of people took uh, out of context on Kyle Brandt's podcast, you know. But when I when I talked to Kirk, he was just like, you know, wearing a mask, it's just like it's completely a normal part of your life. Like if you don't walk, if you walk across the locker without your mask on, you feel like you're naked. It's weird, you know. And so I don't know how long this, uh, this goes on, but, uh, you know, again, the – the normality part of it is the NFL has done a really good job with all the protocols, not just the masks, but, you know, the social distancing, the testing, the behavioral aspects, the education, um, you know, regard, regardless of the science, you know, because I'm sure there are people who are going to, you know, debate uh, mortality rates and all those types of things. But if you want football, you had to drive down the cases and the NFL from the start of camp, has driven that down to virtually zero. We'll see what the numbers are now coming out of the first games. Uh, we'll get a better idea of that by next weekend, kind of whether or not there was any sort of an issue. Um, but, you know, from the Packers' perspective, and I talked to Matt LaFleur about this, they left Green Bay two hours later than they normally do for Minnesota. Why? <laughs> because guys can't leave the hotel. You fly there, you go into the hotel, you go directly from the hotel to the stadium, the stadium back to the airport. That's the trip. Wow. So Major League Baseball, we're bouncing around to three states over six days. It's you know, you're in and out. Um, so they've, you're never going to eliminate the risk, but they've mitigated it about as good as they could. And that's why you have uh, NFL football right now being played across the league with, so far, uh, very minimal interruptions. Speaking with Tom Pelissero of NFL Network here on the Bill Michaels Show, Rami Makhlouf in for Bill this uh, this midday. And, and speaking of things that are unusual or abnormal, we saw that on the football field, too, at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. Not a lot of quarterbacks do what Aaron Rodgers did to a Mike Zimmer-led defense. Tom, was that Aaron Rodgers being back to being Aaron Rodgers, or do they have some issues up north? Well, I think it's a combination of things. You have to look at this and say the Vikings' defense was going to have some growing pains. They didn't have Daniil Hunter. Uh, they've moved on from a bunch of veterans, Everson Griffin and, and Linval Joseph, three of their top corners. Uh, you're, you're starting you know, a third-round draft pick, Cam Dantzler, as a rookie in his first game out. I didn't think the coverage uh, was terrible. The rush was not getting to Aaron Rodgers. There were a lot of times where he was getting the ball out quickly. There were other times where he had time just to sit back there and bounce in the pocket and wait for a guy to come uncovered. I also thought Rodgers was just phenomenal. And it, it's been interesting because we've talked so much about Rodgers through the course of this offseason and with the drafting of Jordan Love and his reaction and not drafting a receiver and Devin Funch is opting out and are they doubling down in the run game. Uh, you know, when you talk to Lafleur about it, he kind of laughs at this idea that they are going to be all runs because if you go back and you look at the numbers last year, if you take out the you know four-minute drive type of situations where you know you go 13 and three, there's a lot of times where you're just killing clock. 
they threw the ball a lot last season. They just were up in so many games that they kind of grinded it out and, and ran the ball more, and Rodgers didn't have to put everything on his shoulders. But Rodgers himself has said that he took time in this offseason, went back, watched old tape of himself, picking up on some of those little things that he felt he was doing better, uh, you know, maybe five years ago when he was on top of his game, and he's tried to apply that. Uh, you know, in talking to Lafleur about the camp, he said that, you know, Rodgers has been really decisive. His accuracy has been there. He's been really balanced in the pocket, uh, and he can still get out and use his legs. And I thought that's what you saw. There were times where the coverage was pretty good, uh, and Rodgers just chewed it up. And you also have the reality that when you're a veteran quarterback and an elite quarterback like Aaron Rodgers now, you can do the same things on the road that you do normally at home. How many times have we seen Aaron Rodgers draw a defense offside? Well, you know, he was doing that. He did that twice uh, in U.S. Bank Stadium, which you'd never be able to do right. if there were crowd noise in the building. But that's a big advantage now for veteran quarterbacks when they're playing away from home. Uh, the way that they can analyze the defense and manipulate things. Uh, Rodgers is as good as anybody at that, and you saw him do that repeatedly on Sunday. Should we be surprised or that Aaron Rod- or did we- Okay, let me rephrase the question, Tom. And I know the answer to this question when it comes to the NFL is almost always yes. Did we overreact to Aaron Rodgers' struggles last year and, and the first year with Matt LaFleur? Is-, is what we saw in week one just a guy getting comfortable and familiar with the system and, and his coach's play calling and-, and the players around him? A lot of new faces around Aaron Rodgers over the last couple of years. Was- is this just sort of a natural progression of him getting back to the guy that, that we all saw dominate this league for a while there? Well, again, they went 13-3, and three, so there weren't a ton of times that Rodgers had to put the team on his back. You're looking at the numbers. He was still statistically uh, pretty efficient, but obviously, you know, didn't throw for 5,000 yards or anything. Uh, you know, again, I go back to what LeFleur told me about the accuracy and the balance in the pocket. I mean, that's, that's kind of one of the things, and I've talked with Aaron about it before. You know, he feels like, you know, there's things he's done to adjust his mechanics through the years. We've seen him so many times throw with his feet, not necessarily in the, you know, the ideal position. And he can do that because he's an amazing talent. You know, he can throw off balance. He can throw from different arm angles. But if you watch him in that game on Sunday, he was really throwing with balance. He was, you know, throwing certainly with, with good mechanics. I think it's going to be interesting to see now, you know, are there some of those things that he was able to pick up on with himself and get back to basics a little bit uh, mechanically and things like that. I just thought he was, he was really impressive in terms of uh, the accuracy and, of course, mentally, he's always uh, as sharp as anybody. I, certainly the year two in the system can't hurt. Uh, also year two developing, having Marquez Valdez scandling healthy, uh, having Alan Lazard another year working with him. Uh, and Devontae Adams, I mean, it's, you know, note to self, cover number 17. Uh, they could have gone to that well 50 times if they wanted to. Uh, you know, those two have a, kind of a magical connection. And then when you can run the football well enough with Aaron Jones and company to keep defenses honest, uh, there's no reason this Packers offense shouldn't be really dangerous in 2020. What was the most surprising thing you saw throughout the league in, in week one, Tom? What what stood out to you? Well, I thought that, I mean, offensively, the fact there were, I believe, more touchdowns than there have been scored in a lot of years uh, offensively in week one, I thought that was interesting because your concern is always no preseason games, a more compact training camp, is that going to lead to sloppy play? And you saw some sloppy play. I mean, I don't think anybody would say that Chiefs-Texans game uh, was a thing of beauty in the Thursday night opener. Uh, you know, the Steelers-Giants game you know, was kind of up and down in terms of uh, the efficiency with the offenses. But there were a lot of points scored. There was, was some uh, excitement there. You know, I think that it's a, it's a growth process for everybody. It will be through the season, and that includes the officials. You know, there were a couple of controversial calls, uh, the one in the Bengals-Chargers game on A.J. Green. 
the one late in the uh, Rams-Cowboys game uh, on Michael Gallup, where did he really push Jalen Ramsey, or does Ramsey deserve an Academy Award for kind of <laughs> reacting a second late, um, you know, to the whatever uh, stiff arm he might have gotten there on that pass route. So there's the officials didn't have any preseason reps either. I, I thought it was a, it was a good start. You didn't sit back after week one and go, boy, that was ugly. Oh, they they they're going to regret not having preseason. They should have delayed the season. No, it it kind of looks like what week one has looked like. You know, no coach is going to say ever, certainly since the the collective bargaining agreement that began in 2011, that they have enough practice time or enough time in pads. Uh, overall, I, I thought it was a it was a solid week one. I think that the injuries. Or something they're going to look at. There were a lot of soft tissues. There were a lot of hamstrings. That's something teams have guarded against uh, since the preseason. Um, and you're also going to see now some interesting decisions, especially with the new injured reserve rules for this year only, where you have unlimited return spots from injured reserve, and you can return in three weeks instead of eight weeks. So all of a sudden you're seeing all these guys who never in the past would have landed on IR with you know little hamstrings or ankle sprains or whatever. They're all going on IR. You know, that, that used to be like, oh, my gosh, the guy's going to injured reserve. Well, now teams are using some of those roster mechanics, and it'll be interesting to see now, does that lead to teams being a little more conservative, saying, hey, we're early in the season, we can put a guy down for three weeks, bring somebody else up, give him a little extra time that maybe we think he needs, uh, and just try to be safe and get these guys through the rest of the season. You just reminded me when you mentioned the uh, the, the altered IR this year. Do we know what's up with Daniil Hunter? Have they, have they given any details as far as what the injury is and how long he'll be out for the Vikings? Uh, they have not given any details, certainly publicly, uh, with Daniil Hunter. The hope, as I understand it, is that he will be back when he's eligible, in which is after week three, so about two weeks from now, okay. uh, that he'll be back at this time. It's something, though, that he has been managing for about a month now, uh, and we'll see exactly what the timeline is. Again, that's another player where you know, you're airing even more than normally. Teams generally air conservatively early in the season, but when you have that shorter training camp, you didn't have a spring. Guys weren't doing football drills. There were no OTAs, no mini camps back in May and June. Uh, a lot of teams are looking at this and just saying, we're going we're gonna to take the time that we think we need. Having said that, the Vikings were hopeful that Hunter was going to be back sooner than this. They were hoping he was going to be back uh, for week one. And I think that when you look at that opener, certainly you can say Daniil Hunter was badly missed. That's Tom Pelissero, NFL Network. Follow him on Twitter, at Tom Pelissero, and he's just always on the channel. Like, every time I turn on NFL Network, there's Tom Pelissero making me smarter about football, and I appreciate it and enjoy it every time, Tom. Thanks a lot, man. I'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good, Remy. And he joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. They're hiring drivers right now. They work hard. You work hard. They treat you fair for 80-plus years. They've been getting it done. Give them a call at 800-44-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.